0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Allison from CrossFit Chippewa Falls. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. So, Before we really dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place?
2: Um, Describing my business to people would be, I feel like it's a community of like-minded, great, fantastic humans from all walks of life that like to work out together, like to sweat. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you yourself get into CrossFit? Um, my brother in law, he oh. actually uh, opened up CrossFit Triple Falls in 2013. And actually, before he opened that up, my cousin started doing CrossFit. And he was like, Oh, you'd really like it. You'd really like it. And I was like, So in denial. Oh, what I do is so great. And I was a, I was a personal trainer and fitness instructor at local YMCA. So I really liked what I was doing at the time. And I didn't think, you know, I, I thought CrossFit was maybe a little too intense. Um, I didn't understand the methodology basically. Uh, So I was, you know, a typical hater (laughs) like, like most people are. Okay. So
1: prior to getting into CrossFit, like, did you have, I know you were already working in the fitness industry but
2: did you have any experience as a business owner or entrepreneur? Uh, No, I, uh, my, my parents uh, own their own business. And so I grew up around just that, I guess. So just the mentality of owning a business, I think it was, I was, I guess I inherited from my parents. They didn't do anything to do with fitness, but just as far as work ethic and, and probably just organization and, just seeing how they made it work and had a family and, you know, probably got that from them. Yeah. So do you feel like your transition, because of that
1: background that you had of growing up in a family of business owners, do you feel like, based off of what you learned from them that made a transition to running your own business a little bit smoother? I think so for sure. Yeah. And you touched on earlier, you said organization work ethic. Um, my next question for you is, if you could pick two skills that you think are like the most important when it comes to growing a business in this industry, what would they be and why?
2: Ooh, probably commitment and integrity. Okay. And so what do, I mean, what do commitment and integrity mean to you? Uh, and try, integrity for me is just being honest, like being true to yourself, being authentic to who, who you are or what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as commitment, I mean, there's a lot of other words that could be put in there, I guess, but just committed to seeing it through to the end. I think a lot of small businesses fail because it times are hard and, and things get hard and you just don't see out the commitment, but I mean, same thing with marriage or anything else in life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think those are probably the first two words that come to mind. Okay. So was there a time within almost the past 10
1: years where you really couldn't, I'm just saying like, tell us about a time where it was difficult, but you still managed to stay committed to the goals and vision that you have for the gym.
2: Uh, this last year has been really hard. Um, we had a lawsuit against, or we currently have a lawsuit open against our business. Um, so that's been very, very stressful. And um, one of my coaches took a full time position elsewhere, um, and so just some of the reasoning behind that, and it was it's it was the right move, and it's I think it'll be a good thing. But all of that was very hard. Um, yeah. And sometimes I, you know, like I often question, like why <laughs> why am I like I don't get paid enough mm-hmm. to to do this? But then you know and going through that like i think it just strengthens the fact that i'm doing this for a reason i'm here for a reason um and the people at the gym are just so appreciative and loving and caring that okay ding 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 like that's why i'm doing this because these people are so great and you know i'm helping people better their lives and that's cool to be a part of somebody's fitness journey but really you end up being a part of their life journey. Yeah, I think that's a really
1: good way to put that. So, when you going back to when you first started the gym, did you start with having absolutely zero clients?
2: No, I. So my brother in law maybe had about twenty members, twenty or so. I I don't know the exact numbers, but probably around in the twenties. And then um, I worked at the Y. I was I had a lot of clients at the Y. So when I went to go work for my brother in law, the original idea was that I was going to stay, I wanted to stay at the Y because I really liked the Y and I didn't want to leave my clients and I didn't want to leave some of the stuff that I was doing there because mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, but my brother in law was working really hard and it, you know, just having him coach all the classes, it was really hard for him and I really liked it. So I got my L1 and was going to, coach some classes for him basically just to help him out. When I went to my boss to tell her that or to ask her about it, she went to the executive director and the executive director just said, no, uh, it's a conflict of interest. Um, Like I can't, if I'm going to work down there, I can't work at the Y anymore. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to work at the Y anymore. So when I left, I would say probably about 20 of my clients Mm -hmm. uh, followed me down there. And so then there was like 45, you know, to 50 people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, now we have, I would say now we have about 150 members. Okay, We've been over 200 before, but it kind of just fluctuates.
1: Yeah. So what's been working on the journey from maybe around 45 to 50 to 150 members? Is there anything in particular that's been working Um, well for marketing?
2: Well yeah marketing was one of the things. my brother-in-law like he didn't really want to spend the money on uh, on like a website or um, just that kind of stuff so when I took over right away, one of my best friends that I grew up with is my actually my marketing director I pay her to do all our social media to do our newsletter um, to kind of bounce ideas off of her she mm-hmm. doesn't she hates CrossFit but she's a big yoga person but but she's worked for a lot of businesses and she knows marketing so um I would say she's more than just a marketing guru she's kind of a business guru guru. but when I took over so like the first thing we did was just try to professionalize things so we got a website she she built a website for me um and then obviously we got into the school system and like then I, I hate social media I don't ever post I don't you know like I don't like any of that stuff Mm -hmm. so you know she does a lot of that she comes up with a lot of ideas um you know we do community things we do the parade every year so I think just got more seen out in the community um I'm trying to think of other things that we do we do internal community events as well but um I think the big thing was just more so the website that was a, a big start the website. Okay.
1: So how were how are you guys driving
2: traffic to the website? That uh, that would be that would be a question for Jill. Uh, yeah. She's the marketing director because I don't I don't deal with any of that. Um, I, I think a lot of people. I mean, the CrossFit name, and when people come into town and they search CrossFit, I mean that's p- part of the reason you pay an affiliate fee, right? Because we could do CrossFit we could do CrossFit, but not pay for the affiliate. And we could be called like Fitness Chippewa Falls, you know? Um, But like, personally, I believe in the methodology. So I feel, I would feel like a scam artist if I was doing CrossFit and then not paying for, you know, my affiliate fee. Um, So there's my integrity part. (laughs) But, uh, uh, you know, I think for some people that come in and they search, you know, like CrossFit gyms, obviously in the area, ours is going to pop up. Yeah. Okay. So
1: you outsource for marketing. Why mm-hmm. is that? I mean, all you already kind of mentioned that it's not something that you really like to do, but I guess for a gym owner listening that isn't really sure where there needs to be like hiring out, what was your thought process around that? And what are some of the
2: benefits that you noticed? Um, I mean, I guess if social media is your jam and you want to spend the time to do that, then go ahead, but I don't like, I don't want to waste my time on social media or coming up with stuff. um, It's, it's just too much. I would say hire Jill. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, But I guess our personalities really mesh well together too. So that's what makes it good. Um, I think it's, it's a small expense to outsource that out, you know, and it, it creates a lot more time for me to do other things.
1: Yeah. So you bring up a good point. So it created a lot more
2: time for you to do other things. So what does your typical day to day look like? Yeah. Well, it's a little different right now because we don't have an evening coach. You know, I mentioned one of the stressors. Like we had our one of our. I, have, I used to have two coaches, and I wouldn't say that they they were full time, but they were they are like halftime, like twenty, you know, anywhere between fifteen to twenty five hours a week, probably each of them, um, or they each worked. You know one works like 16 hours one works like 25. Um and so my evening coach she has another job now so right now I'm coaching all the classes because my other coach is the one that's at the high school in the mornings and the evenings. Um so like you know I'm up at four I'm into the gym by 445. I coach the 5 a.m. I coach the 6 a.m and then I usually try and work out at seven. Um mm-hmm. But usually there's some interruptions in there. I don't get started until 7.15. I take a phone call or a few text messages or a few emails in between, you know, lifting or whatever. And so I usually get done about quarter to nine. I try and eat a quick breakfast. um, And then I coach the 9 a.m. And then from 10 to noon, I sit down at my computer and, you know, try and bang out work, whatever that is. Sometimes if there's no work, then I'm paying bills for my house or, you know, trying to organize stuff for my family. Um, I coach the noon class and then my coach that is up at the high school, he comes in at one cause like three days a week, he has a client from one to two. Mm-hmm. And then he coaches on Mondays and Wednesdays, he coaches the CrossFit kids class, but then he's got to be the high school by like before 4 PM. So like I, I have, you know, from one let's say till about three 30 every day where I go home, um, and shower and eat and then pick up my son from school. Um, and then I come back down to the gym and I coach the four five and six. Um, and then that's a typical weekday. It used to be that I didn't have to go back and coach the four five and six, yeah. but um, it'll be like that for a little bit, I'm trying to save up some money because I want to buy some new equipment. So not yeah. having to pay somebody in the evenings is a really great way to save money. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, ex- you're spending a lot of like energy over the course
1: of the day, especially with, you know, all of the teachers that you teaches classes that you teach. <laughs> yep. Um, how are you managing your energy so that
2: you don't get burnt out? Um, I think that's what we, you know, I kind of touched on it before. I think that I was just, I was put on this planet to do what I'm doing. I think that's the easiest <laughs> way I can explain it. Um, cause I, I do see a lot of burnout in this industry. I mean, tons of people like, Oh, personal training, you know, that sounds like fun. Like I like fitness. I like to work out and then they get into it and it's a lot more than just, you know, coaching fitness, you're coaching, yeah. you know, you're coaching lives, you're, you're sometimes I try and explain like, you know, CrossFit ship was like, almost like my church, you know, I'm the pastor. <laughs> so it's like, if somebody gets sick, you know, I'm checking in on them or if somebody has a baby, I'm visiting them at the hospital or a surgery or something or, you know, organizing a meal train. So somebody, you know, that whatever, like, and I love it. Um, sometimes it gets tiring. But like I said, I just think that I was supposed to do this. And, yeah. and this is how would I explain it? This is like I, you know, I'm a vessel. Right. And in this, I express my faith through fitness and helping people in their lives through fitness, but also then it becomes more than just that. Yeah. So this is about more than fitness for you. For
1: sure. Got it. Okay. So is there anything that I guess surprised you about business ownership or was there anything that you were not expecting that you were like, Oh wow, this is a part of, you know, being an entrepreneur.
2: No, I think that, growing up with my parents like I didn't expect it and just knowing what I know about business I didn't expect it to be easy right just like marriage (laughs) like it's not always easy um but I think that like I almost sometimes build things up in my mind for them to be harder and then when they come it's like oh this isn't as bad as I thought it was Mm -hmm. um (laughs) can I explain it like the Blair Witch Project I don't know if you're old enough do you ever (laughs) remember that movie I've heard of it. I've never seen it though. I've never seen it. Well, like when it first came out, it was like a horror movie. Right. And when it first came out, everybody thought it was real. Like they, they, they like when I went to it, I thought it was an actual like real cabin in the woods. And it was this footage of these teenagers or young people like walking through the woods and finding this cabin and then this witch and then them dying and you know, whatnot. So like I had heard how scary it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to see this. And I thought it was real at the time. And then I went to the movie and I was like, oh, that wasn't really that scary. <laughs> and I think that's kind of, I don't know if that's just my mindset and that's how I look at things, but, and I didn't expect yeah. it to be easy and, mm-hmm. um, and it's not, and that's okay. Because I think there's a lot of, there's a, there's a ton of benefits to owning your own business and being your own boss. Right. And there, there are a lot of downfalls too um and there are a lot of hard, hard parts but I would ra- much rather do this any day than you know work for somebody else understood so let's talk a little bit about the future
1: of your gym like where it's 2023 uh it's February which is is crazy this year's already flying by um I <laughs> I <said that> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what are some of the plans that you have for the gym are you guys in a space where you
2: are still growing or good where you're at or talk to us about that. Um, of course I'd always like to help more people and reach more people, but I think that uh, it, it's hard. Like I think we will get a few new members and then a couple people will move or financial situations or, so there's always like this little fluctuation. And I think a lot of CrossFit gyms are at this number and it's, you know, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I kind of think, well, with my gym, it's true, is that like one single person can only have like 150 relationships and keep them strong, right? And I'm like, okay, so that's that the problem with my gym. Like I can't, I can't grow it because I can only have relationships with 150 people, because that's really right right around where we stay. Sometimes, like I said, it's a little higher. It's usually not lower than 150. Um, so either I need to find another me like they're out there to grow (laughs) Um, or I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just doing something wrong Uh, or if it's, or it's our town, it's just, you know, like the population of our town, it's kind of small. There's like 15,000 people. I mean, the outline of Chippewa Falls is a lot bigger, but I mean, there's, there's a CrossFit gym 10, 12 minutes away from us. There's a, there's two more that are 14, 15 minutes away from us. Um, and then there's one that's like 30 minutes away from us. So, uh, it just depends on people's schedules to, you know, people could live, live in Chippewa, but work in Eau Claire, which is our neighboring, you know, city. And there's three, three CrossFit gyms right in Eau Claire. So if they get off work, it's more convenient for their schedule or then they're going to go there or vice versa. So, um, I would love to have more members, but, um, I guess it's not. Like, we need to have more members to survive or anything. Um, I mean, we touched on that a little bit with just getting into the youth, uh, like the younger kids, get uh, getting into the middle school, you know, eventually have this big dream to get into the elementary school and then have our high school students that maybe want to do fitness or be in the fitness industry for a job to be able to, like, intern through us and, you know, be an influence and be a a good example to some of those younger kids, you know, see if that's something that they'd want to get into. Um, I feel like I'll probably work for another 30 years. (laughs) I feel like I'll never stop working. I don't know. I like (laughs) it. I enjoy it. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think either of my kids will take on the gym. So (laughs) So what about, like, do you think you might have any members
1: that might be, that have already been in your community and your environment for a minute that might be interested in, you know, learning more about, about training and CrossFit?
2: Yeah. uh, We just had two, two um, ladies join that have their CrossFit L1. We have a, um, their level, their level one. And then we have a couple guys from the gym that want to get their L1 Okay. I don't know if you know it's going to lead to anything, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Well,
1: Allison, it's almost a good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. One final question for you, though. If, knowing what you know now, look back and give yourself one piece of advice that you wish you would have had starting out.
2: <laughs> that would probably be just don't be so nice. Sometimes I'm just so nice. <laughs> so what do you mean? I have to be more hard. Like as far as like, I guess some of the things I did wrong was w- with employees when I first hired, like okay. started, I paid them way too much money and gave them way too little responsibilities. Uh, and, and now if, and when I bring in other people, um, I'm going to organize that a little bit better. Okay. So don't be so nice.
1: <laughs> I, I
2: get stuck. Um, I guess not being, because it's a passion of mine and because I love CrossFit so much and I love my members and I love my people that like, I, I sometimes neglect the, like, there has to be a business side, right? I get, mm-hmm. I get that, but I don't always run it like a business. And sometimes I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah. and will like it there because I'm understanding I'm empathetic and, and I don't run it like a business, but I mean, for us to survive and make money and to keep the doors open, like I have to run it like a business and sometimes that's not fun for me. So I yeah. guess that would be my piece of advice is that to be, you know, <laughs> harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, but before we
1: sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) This is my marketing. (laughs) Uh, I always send everybody to my marketing director for this. Um, I know that we're on, we're on Facebook. I think it's just under CrossFit Chippewa Falls. I know we're on Instagram. I think same, just at CrossFit Chippewa Falls. Oh gosh, I should know (laughs) these things. Um, And then obviously I can always be reached by text message from my phone number, which is 715-379-6441 and email. And that is Allison at crossfitchipway.com.
1: All righty, Allison. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Excuse oh, me. Too. Awesome. <laughs> to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon.
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams, and it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Joe Palumbo, owner of Vice Athletics in Seattle, Washington. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you?
4: I am great. The beautiful gray Pacific Northwest. How are you?
3: Love it. it. I am in sunny Austin, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are super thrilled to have you on the show today. Um, Before we dive into Vice Athletics and how you run your gym, first tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place?
4: You know, um, geez, I, I think I'm one of the few... People, I went to university, I went to university of Dayton and I'm probably the only person that I graduated with in my class that is still doing this with their majors. So I, I majored in exercise physiology and played college football. Um, you know, I was a business major for the first year of college and until I got to, uh, accounting and then decided to quit, uh, hated it. And so I, you know, I worked out, I, I, worked out with the football team. I was helping the strength coach all the time. And so I loved the physical challenge of it. I loved the way that you could kind of manipulate variables and get a different result. And I liked, honestly, as dorky as this is, I liked the math, like kinesiology, applied physics was, for me, it was fascinating. Um, And I had a post-grad internship uh, at Cincinnati Children's Hospital as a biodynamic center and basically it was we would mark up our athletes with those little reflective markers and it looks like that video game analysis right or video game production but we were measuring forces and I did that for about 7 or 8 years
2: wow.
1: and it was
4: the it was the geekiest dorkiest thing but it was so enlightening to kind of how you watch people move and it was just fascinating and so I take a lot of that took a lot of that background and kind of the love for working out. There's something cathartic about being able to lift heavy stuff, and I I just gravitated towards it. I was good at it, um, but also realized that those are surefire ways to stay fit and to stay healthy, to stay injury-free, and stay strong. So, geez, since I've graduated from college, I've been endeavoring into this field for almost 20 years.
3: Awesome. I love that. We have a lot of similarities. I also started as a business major in college, And realized I didn't want to do that. And I switched to exercise physiology two years later. And that's what I graduated with as well.
4: (laughs) I always remember about college, like aside from the fun times and stuff, but as we were walking home from class, all the business majors were going to class. And it was just like those lazy shits are like going to class at noon and we're done with our classes for the day. Uh, We were just talking about that the other day. I was like, we're the early risers. So for sure. Yeah. That's been a good fit for me.
3: Yeah, we made the right choice for sure. But I'm curious what brought (laughs) you to Seattle.
4: Well, in, in through that internship at Cincinnati Children's, I've had the, had the opportunity to fly out to the West Coast a couple of times. And so through that, I just kind of fell in love with the people, the terrain, uh, mostly the terrain. Like I, I lived in Ohio. So like the biggest hill we had in Ohio might have been 50 feet tall. Right. And so like you come, you fly out to Seattle and you're like, holy shit, look at that mountain. Is that for real? Um, and it was amazing. I, I loved the, the the outdoor and individualism that I kind of experienced when I was coming out to Seattle in the mid 2000s. And so I uh, had an opportunity to move. That opportunity did not work out, um, but I met my first business partner through that opportunity. Um, and so it was just this weird, I could not get myself away from the, the amount of weird things that came into place that kept me here. Um, so I took the risk to move, didn't know a soul, it failed, met my business partner immediately after it failed, and then it's kind of been on ever since.
3: Nice. And so that's the business partner that you own Vice Athletics with now?
4: Uh no. So I mean, how much time do we have? Uh, so I've been through a couple of different couple of business partnerships. So that one ended because of a, a contractual landlord selling of property dispute, which was its own cluster. Uh, again, the things that they don't teach you in college, well, number one, I didn't know how to run a business because I was just an exercise physiology major. Number two, I didn't know how to do contract law. Um, so we were involved in a dispute, the landlord sold the building out from underneath of our contract. Three years later, we settled and I'm just like, well, shit, I'm no further ahead than where I was. Um, I had another business partner and it just ended with a difference of opinions. It was a 50-50 relationship and we just could not get together. Um, and so, you know, it just got to the point where um, I think you're better being a, a sole proprietor. And so, come full circle. I've been through a couple of business partnerships. I've learned a lot. I learned, I learned a great deal from both of those guys and I, they still influence how I think about business. Uh, one's on the sales and, and the other experience was on the operations side. We were always having discussions about, you know, I'm at 2000 feet. He's like, you need to be at 35,000 feet. And like, I just couldn't get myself there. Right. And that was part of his frustration too. Um, but after it ended, you're like, Holy shit, God, he was right. God damn it. So you got to start to rethink, what are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? Um, It's one thing to be a great coach. I love coaching. It's certainly, it gives me energy and, and it gives me fuel every day. I love doing it. On the other side, it's another thing to make money and be successful and not be stressed about every little detail and to have systems in place that serve you and not actively work against you. And so that has probably been the better part of the last you know, six years is kind of honing those things down to the bare minimums uh, until COVID, which was obviously a, you know, a freak of nature, once in a lifetime pandemic, Um, we were moving in the right direction. And and so we're sort of navigating to get back into that path.
3: Okay, awesome. Okay, let's fast forward to now you own Vice Athletics, describe it to us for the listeners. Um, How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before kind of the services that you offer what someone could expect?
4: What, I don't call it a gym. I call it a training facility for sure. I try and differentiate myself. It's not a box.
5: Like
4: um, I'm in the realm of sports performance and injury prevention. Uh, I firmly believe that you should be on a strength training program, um, a dialed in nutritional program. You should have key focuses on balance and symmetry and core function and um, I try to avoid the workout of the day mantra and put more of it on the focus of the day. So each day that we operate in the gym has a certain uh, geared focus to that day, whether it's an Olympic lift, a lower body strength exercise, it could be a HIT style training. We still incorporate that. We run some recovery classes. So the flow of the gym, basically, I try to create a comprehensive package for strength training and injury prevention.
3: I love that. Yeah, it sounds like a well-rounded healthy person is gonna walk out of that gym
4: yeah it's you can't just go 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 and everybody wants to be sore and everybody wants to walk out like oh man that was so fucking hard like dude you crushed me like that's great and that's good and that happens from time to time but look man sometimes that ain't the goal um and I often tell people that I was like look if you're so sore that you're avoiding stairs in the toilet like you I am doing too much like you Mm -hmm. should not be that sore and yeah, so, I
3: don't. Yeah, I don't know when that came about that like your soreness is also the mark of how good your workout was.
4: So. I, I I just look at it as you did <laughs> something you get too much, that. you did something different. Like yeah. it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those two things. It's it's nothing else. And so I don't know. Like people kind of weirdly put value on that. Like hey, I'm paying money for this, and like I got so sore. I'm like, okay. Like, that's great, but that's not the point.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're moving away from that, but. Um, I'm trying to, you-
4: and, and like, that's why it's like, I try not to pay much attention to it. Just like, yep, yep, not my goal, but okay, carry yeah, on.
3: Yep, yeah. glad you're sore, but let's recover now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So um, how do you get people in the door? How did, were you able to get the word out about the training facility? Um, and how are you able to, to bring new members in?
4: You know, that is the question of the day. And and that's a lot of kind of when you're solo, you're doing all the marketing and and branding and social. And so, part of what I've tried to do is I put, you know, I've got a, a great team of coaches in place right now, and, and they're they they drank the Kool Aid, right? Like they they love the facility. It's very uh, family oriented. They can bring their kids. Um, we have events, but primarily what I'm doing right now especially it's a new year, I'm, I'm an anti-resolution person. I, I, I resolve to resolve. Like if you want to start something on January 30th, do it on January 30th, not the first. Um, so what I try to do, what we're doing within the gym right now is we're doing a free friends Friday. And so um, I have coaxed our local uh, coffee shop because they don't open until six in the morning. Uh, but they're there at 4.30 brewing coffee. I have coaxed them into giving me, I'm buying a couple carafes of coffee at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> so I can take coffee to the gym. So we're going to do a free friends Friday and I'm going to provide coffee and some protein shakes for everybody coming through the door for all of our classes that day. Uh, so that's new for us. That's different for us. Um, we're going to kind of bake that into our referral system. So if those people sign up, our clients get whatever new swag that we're getting in that quarter. So get a piece of their choice. Um, The other side that we're doing is we're running a launch program. So what I am running into a lot of, and I'm, I'm sure that this is probably not a Seattle phenomenon, is a lot of people went inside and bought Pelotons and bought home gyms. And now I'm sure they're at home collecting dust. And I often said, like, I, I will probably start a separate business that just buys up Pelotons and does spinning classes somewhere because they're going to be super cheap here soon. Um, but at this point, you've got people that really haven't been active in their community and um, haven't worked out consistently in a group type of setting in a long time. So what what we did, and this, was, this just started this year as well, is we just started a launch program. And so it's two weeks, six sessions, it's a hundred bucks, um, but it is a an abbreviated version it's more in the realm of let's get used to this dynamic warm-up that we do or everything is driven through it here's how to adjust the seats on the echo bike which nobody seems to know how to do but it's like little stuff like that that you can kind of take the time to do and meet every individual person and, and get to know their their aches and their pains and their and their you know their psychological points like why are you here instead of kind of just throwing them into the group or kind of segregating and saying, Hey, you guys are going to go over there. We just started like an on an onboarding path to our group training program. That has been, I haven't done a bit of marketing on it yet. And it has been wildly successful so far. People are just finding the website and they're buying it. Like I'm not even having questions. They're just buying it and starting it. So it's kind of started this click process where it, again, as a sole proprietor, it's like, awesome, takes me out of that loop, right? And kind of gets me out into a position where now I can just worry about meeting them and making sure that they're getting the right direction uh, and less involved in the systematic process of it. So, but those two things like the Free Friends Friday and the launch program are kind of working concurrently.
3: I'm so curious, is the launch program, if you're not marketing it, how are people hearing about it? Is it current members joining it or
4: It could be current current members. It could be word of mouth. I'm I'm doing zero marketing on it right now. And all I've done, like all I did was I took the homepage of my website and I've got a picture on it that says, trust the process. And on the top icon, you can see like all the drop screens or whatever, if you want to get to, but there's just a big red button that says launch today. (laughs) And so, you know, I can look at the metrics and be like, holy shit. I had You know how many hundreds of clicks on that page, so it's right now it's all organic. So once we kind of put some gas to it and do a little bit of social marketing, and and I've got another coach helping me with the social media component, um, I hope to get all those gears moving in the same direction, and then all of a sudden we have you know this process by which nobody gets slips through the cracks, And, and I think that happened a lot in my business where you had opportunities and you met people and, and, you know, it just gets chaotic and you're, you're training and you're doing this and you're emailing and texting and you're like, Holy shit. Last month, I could have closed six more deals and I did not for lack of follow-up. And so that's again, the big piece that I'm trying to put together is like, man, how do we simplify this whole thing so that everybody knows the, the process of the chain? And And so from there, anybody can do it. So I have a couple other coaches that are helped doing that as well. And so I'm training them to do that. Um, And we're just going to try to be force multipliers as it relates to that.
3: Yeah, definitely. So are you moving in the direction where your coaches will be able to follow up with leads, call back people who have reached out, do the whole sales process? Is that kind of what you're gearing towards now?
4: We are doing that right now. Um, I switched. So again, I, again, I'm trying to think strategically, like, holy shit, I'm looking at recession. Holy shit. I'm looking at increased cost of my lease. Um, and so on one side, we started to raise our rates and it, it's funny. Cause you're like, you're scared to death to raise your rates, man. Everybody's like, just do it. Just do it. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> and so we did it and not one single person quit or even blinked an eye. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm under, I'm under the market. I'm undervaluing what we're doing. And so that's a whole nother animal. Let's not go down that road today. But that's like, I'm leaving money on the table. No, don't think about it. Um, But on the other side, um, yeah. So we switched systems. We were using um, the mind body system, which I think a lot of studios use. It's expensive and it's clunky and the processing fees aren't really competitive anymore. And I switched over to Wix. Like I moved our website over to Wix. Um, I'm not selling anything for them, I promise. Their system is still a little bit clunky and they've got work to do. But it puts every single one of our members on our app. So basically, they download the app, they can purchase, they can schedule, they can contact us on an app. So it's essentially like our own little community on an app. And so I've gotten rid of monthly newsletters. Number one, nobody reads reads them. Number two, nobody gives a shit. Number three, I don't want to do them. And so, but with that app, I can post an event, I can post a forum, I can post, we did a nutritional overview. I just created a PDF and I sent it out to everybody on the app and you can see who sees it. And so, but part of that system is I can make Dexter and Sean and Callan and Ariel, like they're all coaches on that app. So if, you know, Steve wants to reach out to Callan about nutrition, boom, it's right on the app. So it makes it more, uh, the communication is much more fluid and it's not clunky emails that go back and forth and generally go nowhere or just take forever. Right. And so we're just trying to streamline those processes. And so, yeah, my, the coaches that I have on site right now, um, it's still work in progress. This is all a new system for us, but yeah, I want them to be able to reach out and say, you know, talk to a client like, Hey, I noticed, you know, you were down today. I noticed You know, you've been running late or you didn't you didn't show up. You scheduled twice. And and I haven't seen you this week. So what's going on? And so it just kind of gives us the ability for that extra level of service and communication that, that I think will serve us and serve probably most gyms and businesses in general in the long run. Just find ways to communicate, even if it's a one way street. Just keep, you know, keep putting good info out there and reaching out and people will respond to it.
3: Definitely. I think that accountability is crucial for attention too. like, people want to see that you care. And sometimes people do need that extra push to get in and be like, Oh, they do care if I'm in class or not. I should get my butt back in the gym or the training center. So yeah, Yeah. that's really important. Um, A client
4: client came up to me and said she wanted to cancel her membership. And I'm like in the middle of a class and she's like, how do I do it? And I was like, well, you know, email and this, this and that. And and so I'm like, what's, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, and she just didn't give me a direct answer. I'm in the middle of the class. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to compartmentalize that and say, I, I'm going to take care of that another time. Right now, I've got 10 people that I got to take through this training program. So I, I, get, I gave it over to Dexter and I texted Dex this morning. I'm like, hey, uh, Brittany, um, you know, says she wants to cancel. I don't know why I can't get a firm. I was like, can you just shoot her a text and see what's going on and how we can help and how we can accommodate. And if we're missing something or doing something wrong, can you find out? And so he's like, sure, I'll get to it. And it's just like a super easy, like, dude, what's up, man? Like, how's everything going? How can we help? Uh, if you still want to cancel, that's cool. And the other side is like, we don't do long term contracts. Like, if you do not want to be here, man, I get it. I get it. Like, I, I don't want people in the facility that it just messes with my mojo, man. Like, I don't want you coming in and bitching and complaining because I could bitch and complain every day and I don't.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
6: <laughs> I
4: teach yeah, that to I- my kids too. It's just like, man, you can complain. That's fine but you're still going to have to do it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You got to protect like the integrity of the energy of the space. Like you can't have totally.
4: And there's something real to be in, you know, again, that's kind of like the COVID offset too, right? Where it's like we have people back and there's energy back in the space and there's, we're sharing oxygen again, for God's sake, it's okay. Um, And so that's been a big um, blessing for me generally and introverted person for the most part. Like when we shut this podcast down, I am going to go to my quiet little corner and just kind of get a little bit of work done and, and stew in my own head. That's where I prefer to be. Um, but get me in a gym and it's like, it's a different animal. And so I like the extroverted nature of it and the rah-rah, you know, I get a little bit of sarcasm going that old school Midwest sarcasm gets out of me and um, we just like to have a good time.
3: Yes. I love that. We're speaking the same language. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. So I got that sarcasm.
4: Canton, oh, Ohio. Canton, Ohio. So, yep. Love
3: it. The flatlands. Sweet. <laughs> well, um, Joe, I'm curious, what would be like your biggest piece of advice to somebody who wants to own their own gym? You know, you've been through ups and downs with business partners, but you know, you're on the other side now um, with this business. What would you say to to an aspiring gym owner who's who wants to be in your shoes someday?
4: Well, don't do it. Number one. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right. Uh, First, don't quit while you're ahead. I think, but I mean, there's some truth into that, right? I think number one, you have got to be willing to persevere through at least the next three to five years of your life where you may or may not know if you're getting paid. If you have the fortitude to do that and forge ahead, then I say go for it. Um, for me, the biggest thing that I have learned is you got to have systems in place that are very simple, that make sense. And so the more convoluted they are, the less shit is going to get done. So simplify, number one. Um, number two, um, you may be the best coach, but if you don't have an outreach process um, and or a continuing onboarding process, it's going to fail fast. Um, which is my third point. Fail fast. I I think the biggest thing you can learn is like most of the shit that you're going to throw out there is going to fail. And I've been trying to run free clinics here in Seattle, free clinics. And it's been like crickets, crickets. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. We can't get 10, 14 year olds in here looking to get faster. Are you kidding me? I worked in the NFL, dude. Like I know what it takes to get fast. And so what we decided to do was start charging for it. And we're like, look, we're going to put a package together and charge for it. And we've gotten a completely different response to it. But the thing is, I didn't quit on free. We did it for three months. And then finally, it's like, look, we're done. We're done. We got to rethink it. And so I think that's a really strong piece. You got to have thick skin, fail fast, and keep plugging ahead. Because if you're a good coach, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. You just got to find that right combo of, kind of message and product and demo and then just crush it. So hopefully those three, three things come through and make sense. It's not an easy endeavor, but it certainly is fun. And if you enjoy challenges, then freaking do it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I like what you said about getting away from free. I think you have to perceive your own value and show people the value for them to believe it. Like, why should they?
4: It's such an amazing thing. It is. And and so we were even, you know, when we went to the new system, we were doing like three day free trials and then five day free trials. And invariably we get the question where it's like, well, I'm going to be gone for two of those five days. And I'm just like, well, fuck, I'm sorry, man. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, so what is their motivating factor for looking for the fitness facility? Like, I want some free shit. And so I'm just like, look, no, we're not doing that. We'll, we'll do a free friends Friday where I'm giving away some stuff, and I'm going to get your email, and I'm going to solicit the hell out of you, and you should be here. But th- the free trials, I think, probably work in box gyms, maybe, and in like the LA fitnesses of the world and 24-hour fitnesses, where they're just trying to drive member, you know, cheaper memberships. Um, that's not my demo, <clears throat> and, and that's not who I'm looking for. Um, you know, we I often say we're looking for not a not a demographic. We're looking more for like a psycho demographic, meaning, you know, what is your mindset around health and wellness? Is it like, ah, fuck, I don't want to do this. Or is it like, man, I'm really here to learn something. I really want to get better. I really want to get stronger. I need to lose 20 pounds. Tell me how that's the person that we want to work with. That's also the person that's going to get results. Absolutely. Sorry. Like, I, I don't know how to make any worse. <laughs> I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's like, shit, I'm sorry, dude. Like, if it's always arduous to you, then you're never going to freaking get there.
3: Yeah, I think that's good life advice and fitness advice. Like, that goes mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah.
4: Embrace it, man, right? Like, not everything in life is going to be comfortable and shit, man. I don't know when we got into this position where it's just like, I want to do it, but God, it's so damn hard. I'm like, yeah.
3: yeah if it was easy, it everyone is. would do it, and it wouldn't be worth it. <laughs>
4: No, that's the other side, right? Like there's something to be said about like persevering and like, God damn, I was so sore. And, but I went and mobilized and got that workout in and it was hard, but I feel good. And that's generally what we see is like, you'll get people coming into the facility, like, man, it's Friday, I'm exhausted. And they get out after the 5.00 AM class. They're like, dude, thanks, Joe. Feel better. Mm -hmm. I feel so much better. This is the best way to start my weekend. And so, part of it is like getting into that psychological component where it's just like, okay, man, like we don't need to crush records today, but let's move, let's sweat, let's breathe, let's mobilize, um, you know. And I'll see you next week. So, um, and all those things again, talking about somebody who's getting into the business, like those things are extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. That is like the the drug of choice in a gym as a coach, right? Is like you get people moving and they feel better leaving than they did coming. And that I think is the end goal of every health and fitness facility.
3: Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. That's like the the best part of this industry is like seeing people grow and change and build their confidence and do things they didn't think they could, and leave feeling better. So yeah.
4: and we've yeah. rebuilt shoulders, we've rebuilt backs, we've rebuilt knees, like people get hurt and, and they're doing, you know, playing basketball, skiing, you name it. <clears throat> they come in to get fixed and they're back out kicking ass at life. And like that's such a hugely powerful thing. And it's addictive, for sure. So it's one of the reasons why I can't be pushed out of this field. <laughs> it's another reason why I like the self-employment aspect of it. But it's also the f- fulfillment part as well. That That is truly fun. And it's why I'm, I still grind those 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. classes. I love them.
3: Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Joe, for everything that you've shared with us today. This is a good place to wrap things up. I think that's a great word of wisdom to leave us on. Um, But before we do, where can everyone follow you? Um, What's your social media? What's your website? Where can people check out Vice Athletics?
4: Uh, Best place website, viceathletics.com. Uh, long story behind that one too. It's for another day. Um, and then we're at vice underscore athletics on Instagram. We probably do most of our stuff on Instagram and then share it out through Facebook and and, uh, and Twitter from there. But Instagram is probably our main driver vice underscore athletics.
3: Awesome. Thank you again, Joe, for being on the show again, viceathletics.com and vice underscore athletics on Instagram. Thanks Joe.
4: Thank you so much, Anna.
3: Absolutely. To all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Ben Cagle of Peak Performance Strength and Fitness coming to us all the way from Alaska. Ben, what's going on man? How are you?
5: Good to have you, Han. Thanks for having me on.
6: Yeah, I'm excited to to pick your brain on this And, and Peak is the latest iteration of your fitness business, but there was one previous that we had been part of for a long time. We'll pick your brain on, on your experience as a business owner in general, but for some background and context, before we get into all of that, tell us about PEAK. When you describe this to people, in your own words, what is PEAK, performance, strength of business?
5: Yeah, uh, in as few words as possible, as straightforward as possible, as we are a facility that focuses on building strength in our individuals for everyday life um, and teaching them how to use the strength in the gym outside in the activity, activities that they do in life with their family. Um, a deeper dive into it is we are a strength and training facility that focuses on individual coaching, um, programming to the individual, work around their own um, personal limitations and feel them empowered in their body, and again, using strength to progress them forward and reach their goals.
6: Understood. Okay. Now, I sort of alluded to it, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Tell us a little bit about the facility that you were previously the the leader of and kind of the story of how we transitioned from that to now being the leader of PEAK.
5: Yeah, so um, I moved to Alaska in 2018 um, after spending my whole life in Wisconsin. Um, Before I moved here, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin and was part of a gym called Functional Integrated Training where we were a little similar to what we do now, but at a much bigger capacity. Um, our gym was about 7,000 square feet. We had, you know, anywhere around 300 members plus or minus um, operating several sessions at once from a semi-private individual sessions to sport performance to large group and small group training. Um, mm-hmm. And in my time there, I loved it, but realized that owning a facility um, of that size, was not just desirable for my own lifestyle and life. So when I moved up to Alaska, um, going smaller was kind of the end game for me. Having the same experience, doing a lot of similar stuff, but having a much smaller size uh, gym to have the lifestyle I want as well.
6: I think we in the fitness industry have this ego issue of bigger is better and more and all of these things and and we get caught up in adding people all the time, getting the larger facility, getting the shiniest new thing. And for you, it just didn't make sense anymore. There were too many moving parts. Let's pair this back a little bit, 1800 square feet, the latest iteration, but a similar ish model and offerings as I understand. Is that correct?
5: Similar. Yeah. So our semi-private is very similar to what we did in Wisconsin. Um, I would say the biggest changes were we're going from four to one ratio. So we have four members per session per coach. Wisconsin, here we do five uh, members per coach per session. Um, I did that for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of the biggest is the programming and the coaching that we do here. Um, all they're losing, that four-to-one, five-to-one ratio, is three minutes of coaching. So four-to-one ratio, we, we would give them 15 minutes of hands-on coaching. Here we do five-to-one, um, and they get 12 minutes of hands-on coaching. And it works a little bit more uh, better here with the psyche. Um, Alaskans are very independent. They want more autonomy. Um, they do appreciate the one-on-one coaching and a lot of those interactions, But they want to be able to be very self-sufficient. So having an opportunity to have more people per session, obviously from a business standpoint, you get more revenue. Um, you also have to get your sessions a little bit more full and get people to be more autonomous on their own a little bit quicker.
6: Yep. Can't argue with that. And and the semi-private model has has somewhat taken our industry by storm. Now, Compare and contrast the, the time in Wisconsin to the time in Alaska. What's been, in the last couple of years, of you running a gym in Alaska? What's been your favorite part about owning this specific business? And what's been the most challenging or most stressful part about owning this business?
5: So, as with anyone that owns a business, you're kind of, you know, you're accountable to yourself and you can do what you want and create what you want. Which is great because, you know, you have an idea in your head. You bring it to fruition, bring it to the market, see how the market tolerates it, if they like it or not. Um, and it's really fun being on the creative side. Um, obviously the challenging side is starting the gym February 29th of 2020, right before kind of the whole industry. Yes, and has Everybody been.
6: in our industry understands the timing of that it was and, uh, not ideal
5: challenge. Uh, but here in Alaska, uh, it was a little bit more of a cavalier state in 2020. Um, so we were only shut down for about eight weeks, I would say. Um, we never did a lot of the hybrid models. We just went back to what we did. Um, but the interactions with people has changed a little bit. Um, and getting people just kind of focused back on their health, get back into the gym, get back into their routine has been a bit of a challenge. But we're kind of coming full circle back to where we were as, mo- as much as you can be pre-pandemic.
6: Yeah, it's an interesting time to, to start building a business correlating almost perfectly a few weeks away from shutdowns and, and pandemic and whatnot in that time ben i want to hear a little bit about what's been successful to to find the clients that you have in alaska i would imagine that strategies are somewhat similar but maybe the tactics of how we do it are a little bit different just based on the demo and in the market that you met or that you mentioned already so two or three years in where have you found success and, and what's not been so fruitful from a marketing standpoint for you?
5: Yeah, and going back to when I was in Wisconsin, I learned a lot of what is tried and true always works well and what doesn't always work so well. Um, you have your your principles of marketing that you stick with, build off of that. Uh, as has always been, our best resource for not only referrals, but really good referrals have become Really good members, they're fun to coach, they're coachable. It is in house referrals mm-hmm. uh, and just using our members to refer people in that usually comes from their own family members, um, and building off of that. One thing that kind of has ebbed and flowed is uh social media. When we were in Wisconsin, um, we didn't do a lot of social media advertising, and when we did, it was lower quality um, leads, not always the best to coach to. Uh, here I have found social media work a little bit better, but I think also part is just being a little bit more picky with your language, who you market Ah. to, how you market. Um, And I think once you learn to do that versus just, you know, making advertising posts, like we're looking for X person. Well, who is that person? What drives them? And how, how are you resolving their problems? And once you can really understand that formula, it can work a lot better for you.
6: I think, My experience tells me that marketing in general, putting money into advertising, especially on social media, it gets a bad rap in our industry and people are quick to write it off that it doesn't work without thinking that that this is a skill and we need to get better at it. Like the first time you do something, you're probably going to suck. There's people that walk through your doors. We wouldn't have them. Barbell snatch on day one. We wouldn't have them doing crazy gymnastics muscle ups or whatever it happens to be on day one. We need to to kind of build a progression. And for you, it didn't work so well in Wisconsin. It's working a little bit better now. Maybe that's influenced by the market, but maybe it's just influenced by you getting a little bit more experience with it as well. You know, I think
5: experiences I've learned through time. We just did uh um a trial offer for our strong herd group. And I just basically gave five questions to our current members. Give us five words that this group, described you described the script as
6: Yeah.
5: the advice you had. So they, they basically built our marketing <laughs> yeah, we, for free. It said we put into some posts, we did some educational posts some soft sales and some hard sales and the people that we've gotten out of are like our ideal client that's we're having our, our members sheep our members
6: yeah it's it's funny that you say like you say it like it's so simple but uh, and from the surface it is but in practice and I think for people listening it's it can be a challenge just to to learn the technical piece of how to get these things out yeah but like we said put some time into it and learn it it can be a useful skill Am I recommending that be the only scale? No, of course. You mentioned first and foremost, can we bring these internal referrals in? Yeah, every gym owner in the world loves those type of people. We'll take those all day long. But how do we, how do we match that so that we can really scale up we can we can add some other tools to the toolbox? Now, next step in the process, Ben, obviously just people clicking an ad doesn't mean that they're going to sign up. It's just a lead leads don't mean much to the bottom line. When someone's interested, walk me through a sales process. What happens from the moment they click until them actually signing up? Walk us through that.
5: So there's a few, there's a few different ways. Um, so either they will reach out to us via a phone call or we meet them in person. And that's usually a member or someone in our network referring them in. Um, and the first thing I'll ask is like, it's like, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Put it on them as like, all right, you tell us what you want. Um, and I'll know right away if they're a high quality candidate or if we got to work through some questions to kind of figure out their emotional reason for reaching out. Um, cause once you can kind of like really get that connected, it's kind of like, you know, you have them in and you just go from there. Um, if they reach out through social media, email, or phone, it's the same thing, um, but I usually use do it in a little bit of a different format. So I, all prospective members come in and we go through, we call it a strategy session. Talk about your goals, your short-term goals, your long-term goals, um, any previous injuries and or obstacles you've faced, and then we take them through a very brief movement screen. Take that information, sit down, we talk about our programs, um, our schedule, our pricing model, so on and so forth. Um, and I usually try and give them two options. One that I think is in their best interest. And then the other one is what I think that they will jump towards. Narrow the choices, simplify. Um, but it all starts with like, why, what was your impetus to reach out?
6: Mm.
5: Once yeah. you figure that out, you can kind of start guiding the conversation to get the information you need um, while making them feel that they are in control and like, hey, I'm I'm really struggling with X, Y, Z problem. Great. Here's our resolution to that. Here's how we'll help you get that?
6: What I'm what I'm hearing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is it's very collaborative. Yep. I think a lot of the time when I ask that question, it's almost dictatorial. Like we're we're telling them, hey, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. And our fitness, the industry in general, has gotten somewhat of a bad rap for being high-pressure, salesy, used car technique, whatever you want to call it, you, before any dollars change hands, are really pouring value and your time and energy into these people. Get to the end of that conversation. Here's option A. Here's option B. Which do you think is going to work best? How, uh, in in that sort of a setting, do you guys track closing percentage or how many out of 10 do we do we sign up in that moment
5: yeah so um we track all those um our current so when people walk through the doors and go through what we call a strategy session we close about 96 percent of them so um, it's working
6: <laughs> <laughs> it also, you know,
5: also tells me like that percentage to me is too high i actually yeah, maybe I, we... want people to, to look at what we offer and be like everything sounds really good that's just a little bit out of my, my financial reach. And it's not worth just trying to take money from people, but we provide a high value and it shouldn't be available to everybody. We would do over time as we grow, want to make other options. Maybe we do a hybrid or a remote option, but I do want to have the allure of like, this is a very high end place to train. Have you um, guys increased prices at all since you opened
6: or is this what we yeah, said?
5: So, the, the model that we do is we, we um, increase prices every year. Oh, okay only increases only increase prices to new members so when you're Uh locked locked in that's the price you get um i do that for a few reasons first of all i reward loyalty um and then it's one way to keep people in um also with that um if you so our members sign on for three months or 12 months pretty much everyone does a 12-month option but if we increase prices and there are four months into their membership we are breaking our membership agreement by raising prices on them. So we have to wait eight months. Mm. So what I do is, is every year I increase my prices and become you know, more of a premium price gym. Also the first couple of years, it's really hard for people to get traction going. So we did our first 20 members were our founding members. They got a discounted rate that they have for life. And then we oh, went geez. to our, 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 uh, our 2020 membership pricing. Then we went to 2021. Yep. And now we're in our fourth iteration and over time um, you find out what the market bears, but we also are every year, we're just adding more to um, what we offer. Got it. So you get more okay. value for the dollar. How
6: close are you guys to in, in 1800 square feet? Is there a ceiling at which point we can't really take anybody else on? Or
5: That, that is the, uh, <laughs> the question that, you know, it's like you, you can never really find the answer to that. So of our three models, semi private, strong her, some uh, sports performance, we try to operate at a 90% capacity. So we always try to leave 10% open capacity, which gives people the ability to sign in for sessions mm-hmm. when they want. If we were at 100%, everybody showed up every single week, you could not have any flexibility in your schedule. So that 10% cap um, gives us flexibility to get people in. Um, our sports performance, and our strong her is, is pushing at 100%. And then our semi-private—we're
6: so tiptoeing the line there,
5: or our semi-private is close to it. Okay. So you can either get more space, or you can increase rates, or you can add more services. And one of our goals this year, uh, that we'll do this coming fall, um, in Alaska, homeschooling is very popular. Um, I don't have rough numbers on it. I would approximate where we live about thirty to fifty percent of the kids are homeschooled to some degree. Um, so it's a very high. Uh, percentage of the population. All the homeschool programs give the families and the students a stipend to use on physical education, other curriculum to um, use for their education. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna build a homeschool program where it's mostly uh, physical training, but we'll add in a, a health and nutrition components and we're gonna put a premium price tag on that. And then we'll and, have the ability to- and bring it in that. house or travel too. We're going to be bringing it in-house. So they'll come to the gym. Um, the beauty of that is you can do semesters. You can do a fall semester, a spring semester, have off for the winter break in the summer. Um, but it's another revenue stream for us to grow the hours that the gym is not really busy from 11 a.m. to about 3 p.m. It's quieter. That is a prime time to, to train those homeschool. Kids.
6: Those are the hours that most of our industry struggles with because we're certainly paying rent during those hours. We may as well monetize it in some capacity. I think it's an interesting idea. And so, hypothetically, here, Ben, the homeschooling program goes great, 11 to 3 fills out. The gym is bumping all day long. What comes next in your mind?
5: So, that is the, the growing a gym, growing a business. It's kind of an addiction. Uh, and my wife gets on me a lot for this It's like, yeah. grow, grow, grow. You want to see those numbers. It's a good
6: problem to have, but it's a problem nonetheless,
5: but it is a problem. And, it, and I think sometimes people look at growth as like, it's always got to be ex- external. Uh, and there is a, uh, a guy who opened a gym with his partner in Massachusetts as a baseball facility. Um, long story short, one runs the business side. Pressy? One
3: yep.
5: Exactly. Yep. And Pete Dupuis, uh, who runs the business side, he's very savvy with business, but he's also very, he has a lot of foresight. And he's like, all right, so you start this gym, as 2,000 square feet, get employees. Well, now I need more space. So you get 4,000 square feet, you get more employees, you get more equipment. And he, and he does this like long rant about you just build, yeah, build. I know exactly build, what you're talking about. Sell the gym and you start back to where you were. And his whole point is like, what's your threshold? Where are you happy, where are your members happy, and where is your staff happy? That's kind of uh, where we're at right now is more space is not always better. It gives you a lot more opportunity, but it doesn't always have to be the answer. And in this post-COVID world where I the trend I'm seeing is more gyms are offering more services internal or more options and space is not the option, the question I'm asking myself is how can we continue to grow as a staff, as a membership, as a business? taking on more space and going back to what we talked about earlier is how can I get more time back into my personal life to Ah, my wife and start our family all those things that we want to do without adding more stress and more risk I think
6: it's it's funny because it sounds like one of those choose your own adventure books that you read when you're a small child but the the evolution of not just the gym owner but the business owner we start out small in the early days. You're the CEO, you're the head of sales, you're the director of marketing, you're probably the head janitor, all of these things. We we would like to delegate and and offload those things, but it's constantly a balancing act. Small business is such an interesting game because money in versus money out is a, is a really important metric here. And it's a lot easier to send money out we got to make sure that it, that it makes sense with the money coming in and factoring in like all the things that you say of quote unquote work-life balance. We forgot about that in our space until COVID came around and everybody's gym was shut down for a couple of weeks and, and we forgot how nice it was to have a personal life outside of facilities like this. So I think you are not alone in that boat. And I think that's the constant challenge of, of, gym owners in our space for sure now one final question here ben and and it'll start to wrap things up for us as you move forward your gym in alaska gyms nationwide what do you think could be some potential challenges or potential hurdles that we'll start to face here in the, the next coming years
5: um i think one of the biggest things is the fitness industry in itself is evolving at a rapid pace, all for the better. Um, COVID accelerated a lot of that. I think what a lot of challenges are gonna be faced is the demands of the member is gonna to continue, continue to increase. Um, I want more options. I wanna the ability to train at home. I want more flexibility. How are you gonna deliver on that? Also um, with certifications being so abundant right now, the continuing education options are great for all gym owners, trainers. With that comes responsibility then to carry that into your members. Um, and I think it's a great time to be in the industry. It's also a challenging time because if you are not on your toes and ahead of the game, the guy down on the street is, and he is going to be taking those people away from you. Yep. So it's kind of a, a Even dog in Alaska,
6: world, right? but it's, it's
5: raising the standard. Um, and that's what I've noticed here in Alaska. When I moved here in 2018, since then, we have built the Valley here has got three more CrossFit gyms. I think two or three other studios have opened, and a lot more trainers have gone off on their own, all for the better. It's made this area much better, um, because the standard has now risen. Um, and you're seeing that here, you're seeing that everywhere else. So, yeah, getting into the game, there's,
6: there's more than all. enough of a market for all of those as well. It sounds like, too. It's a fun conversation to have, Ben. I, I genuinely appreciate it. I want to save a minute or two for people listening to to learn more about what you guys do at Peak. Is there a website? Is there social media? How can people connect with you?
5: Uh, there is a website. We are going to be revising it this year, but it's peakperformanceak.com. It's our first iteration before I opened. Um, social media, I'm like, absolutely. Not,
6: not your favorite?
5: <laughs> I don't do much of it um i don't even know how to find our so our instagram is peak performance ak Uh, and then if you search peak performance strength and fitness on facebook you can probably find us as well
6: straightforward enough ben this has been awesome man i i always enjoy getting a look underneath the hood of businesses like this to see what happens behind the scenes and, and what owners are really thinking about so i can't thank you enough for your time today i'm excited to see what the next iteration of Peak looks like. And, and I wish you nothing but the best women. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.